0: Welcome to an honest heart-to-heart and transparent conversation about all things mental health. Love it or risk it. Navigating with you in this crazy thing we call life is yours truly, Christine. Every episode, I want to make us comfortable with the uncomfortable and give voice to the unspoken struggles or outspoken ones. Let's break the stigmas and stereotypes of the day-to-day mental health and live a liberating life. So, whether you love it or this topic makes you squirm, all are welcome. I'm giving you fair warning, so if you're heading out, hopefully I'll see you soon. But if you're still there, relax, take a seat, grab your choice of liquid therapy, and let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Health, Love It or Risk It. I'm your host, Christine. And today I'm going to talk to you about living with anxiety and how to manage it. Please know I am not a medical doctor, so if you're experiencing symptoms of anxiety, please seek a professional, such as a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So with Christmas just around the corner, we all know that can trigger levels of anxiety. I don't believe it's just the holiday that can trigger anxiety I also know that just the normal day-to-day duties and activities that we all have can also be a huge trigger for anxiety. Now, what we're going to get into today is mostly just practical symptoms of anxiety and ways to manage it. It may be in another episode that I get more into specific anxiety disorders. Um, Today I may touch on one, but I don't really want to get too deeply into anxiety disorders. So if you're experiencing the symptoms that I'm about to go over with you more than here and there, more than once in a while because of a particular event that's going on in your life, if you are experiencing these symptoms in an ongoing, repetitious pattern or way you may be experiencing a type of anxiety disorder. So let's talk about some events that can lead to anxiety before we go into the symptoms of anxiety. As I mentioned on my first episode, navigating the holidays with toxic loved ones, that can be a huge trigger for anxiety in many of us. And that's not the only thing. I do remember thinking that when COVID started back in 2020, it was just such, such an awareness. I'd go out in public to the post office and the grocery store, and I could just see how much people were on edge, and you can just see anxiety all over people. And I believe that a big part of that is because We are wired for connection. We're wired for community. And unfortunately with COVID, um, that had put a damper in a lot of people's ability to commune with other people and to be able to lean on a loved one for that communal support and that support when we're going through things in our life. So I think that aside from Christmas and all major holidays and the fact that COVID has increased anxiety everywhere, I think other things that increase anxiety is just dread of the things that we have, the responsibilities that we have in our life. That could be a huge paper that's coming up. I know from my personal experience, Um, Having a big paper due and having a large part of my grade be contingent upon that paper, that can induce anxiety or even just dread because it's just a lot of work. Or maybe it's just that you're having to meet with an in-law. Maybe you're meeting them for the first time. Maybe you're meeting with a friend that you know you're gonna have a tough conversation. That can increase anxiety. Maybe you hate your job. Unfortunately, a lot of people do not love what they do and they work so that they can make ends meet and just knowing that you have to come to work and there's that boss that makes your life a living hell, that can really affect your anxiety. I think we've all been there. Um, So those are just a few instances that can increase your anxiety. And symptoms of those anxiety can be nervousness, restlessness, tension. Let's talk about tension. I have become more aware of what tension looks like within my body. It can be something as simple as my neck. If an event comes up or a thought comes up that may not be pleasant, maybe it's a dread, I can tell because then I feel tightness and pain right in the back of my neck and upper back. And just being aware of that really helps bring you into perspective as to what your feelings are and maybe some things that you can do to help manage that. Sometimes it's in your lower back. Sometimes tension shows up in your stomach. Um, A lot of people have gastrointestinal issues and maybe a doctor cannot figure out what's going on with you medically speaking, but maybe it's just simply a high level of anxiety where you feel like you have stomach cramping and pain. Um maybe you have diarrhea or you're constipated everything is interconnected and anxiety can definitely affect your stomach maybe it's muscle uh, excuse me muscle twitching or trembling i know with me with the twitching it's generally in my eye and sometimes it can go on for days or weeks and it's a really obnoxious symptom But it helps me become aware that I'm in a situation or a season that's highly stressful with induced anxiety. And some of the ways that we're gonna talk about um, is things that I personally utilize to help manage the twitching. Maybe it's a lack of concentration outside of the subject of worry. You just cannot help but being obsessed with A thought and maybe you're trying to read whether it's for school or whether it's leisurely and you keep reading the sentence over and over and over and over and literally nothing is being absorbed that could be an indicator of anxiety maybe it's insomnia I know a lot of people have a hard time sleeping maybe you have a hard time falling asleep or Maybe you can fall asleep but have a hard time staying asleep. I know that we have all had those moments where we couldn't stay asleep because maybe we were overwhelmed with anxious thoughts such as how are bills getting paid? How are we going to make ends meet next month? Maybe there was an argument between you and a loved one. um, And you're just overwhelmed with all the duties that need to be done In the next coming few days and you just can't sleep. A little tip for that is leaving a journal on your nightstand or your bedside and just emptying out your mind of all those things that are plaguing you from being able to have good sleep. It's very helpful and if you don't do it already you should give it a try. Feelings of dread can be another symptom of anxiety. Rapid heart rate hyperventilation or rapid breathing, obsessions and fixations, repetition of behaviors, which is often found in obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD, anxiety around past experiences. This can also be found in PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, avoidance of triggering events. So these are all symptoms, and like I mentioned earlier, we all have them from time to time. You may not have realized that these symptoms are related to anxiety, or can be. And But if you are experiencing this, like I mentioned, but I'll say it again, if you're experiencing this ongoingly, it would be wise to seek some professional help. Techniques to manage anxiety. Let's talk about mindfulness meditation. I know some of you think of the word meditation and what comes to mind as some weird practice and some weird sound, but meditation really is just being present in your body and with your surroundings, also known as grounding. Mindfulness meditation is definitely beneficial as it really helps with emotional regulation and mind management. Examples are deep breathing, which is also found in yoga practices. You do not have to do yoga to do deep breathing exercises, but that is something that you will find in yoga. And going for a walk, being present and intentional about your experience. Some people like to take their bare feet in the grass and just be able to feel the blades across their feet. This is being grounded and this is being mindful. When you're walking, are you smelling your favorite flower? Can you feel the wind in your hair? Um, Can you hear the birds singing? These are all practices of being mindful. And it's very helpful. Mindfulness improves emotional regulation and it leads to a reduction of stress. Let me take you to a personal experience that I have had all too often, unfortunately, but I recently came to realize it's been an issue within myself and I am currently trying to practice mindfulness so that I can reduce the anxiety. Well, for me, it's generally that I'm doing something such as cleaning a house or maybe just doing a duty that I have to do. It could be cooking, whatever. But instead of being mindful, What I have done mostly in these past several months, it could have been longer, but I've recently become aware that I just think ahead. I think of 10 different tasks that have to be done after I'm finished with whatever it is the task is at hand. And it could be, I have to run to the post office, I have to go to the grocery store, I have to return a phone call. I have to cancel or make an appointment. I need to cook. I need to take the dogs for a walk or I need to pay a bill or I have a meeting. There's several different things that we all have to do and manage in our day-to-day lives. And if you're not careful, if you're not grounded in the moment, and being present in what it is that you're actually doing, you can actually induce anxiety by thinking of everything you need to do ahead of time. And that's something that I just come to realize that has really increased my anxiety. And I realized it recently and I am practicing being present with myself in the moment. Of course, There's no real thrill to vacuuming your house or cleaning. Um, However, if you're present in that moment and paying attention to what you're doing, you're not thinking of 10 other things that you have to do. It's like the little saying that goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that concept is basically a simple way of correlating with what I'm saying. You're just simply In the present moment, you're focused on what you're doing and it could be even something that is like a child's recital or a basketball or soccer game and you're not really present in the moment. You are so busy thinking ahead of what else you have to do and where else you'll have to be and unfortunately life will pass you by in that moment. It will not only increase your anxiety but you will miss out on the opportunity to be present in that moment that you're in that you will never get back. So that's just something personal that I thought I would share with you that I have been more intentional about. I am bringing my mind back to the present when I feel it veering off to unpleasant duties or dreaded things or tasks that I have to do realizing that that's what's happening and bringing my mind right back to what I'm doing. And that really helps me reduce stress and anxiety. Anxiety, as mentioned earlier, can look like rumination or obsessive thoughts. And mindfulness has been shown to decrease rumination and fixation. So what that does is facilitate acceptance. I'll give you another example. I know in the past, I have had anxiety and it went hand in hand with depression on just the, my family situation. I felt like I really didn't have many family members. Um, I don't have a large family anyway, but I just felt like I didn't have the family support that I wanted or needed. And I just obsessed on that thought. I fixated on that thought constantly. And I was reminded of that when I would see friends or people that I worked with that they were going to family gatherings and you know um they just had family members that I didn't have for whatever reason, locally or maybe emotionally just wasn't there, but um it just helped me feel like I was isolated and just filled with anxiety, and then eventually that went into depression, which we can definitely talk about on another episode. Um, Depression, because anxiety and depression often go hand in hand. And um, just being mindful of what I'm saying, mindfulness and grounding, really helps with being able to accept, acceptance in the situation, And that's something that I have had to practice, just accepting what it it is. I may not like it. I may not be a fan of it. It may suck. It may be something that I wish I could change. But just being present with what I'm doing, where I'm at, and that really has aided acceptance and emotional regulation. And so that's just a little tip with that. Mindfulness may also be a way of coping with emotional trauma. And I'll just briefly discuss what that looks like in PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. It has been known and found that mindfulness and grounding are techniques that are very beneficial for those who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. People that suffer from PTSD often go back to a painful or traumatic experience. It's really hard for them to stay in the present moment because there might be a dream, a flashback, a night terror of a situation or a traumatic event that they have experienced in the past. And I will give an example. I had, my son had had night terrors as a child, and he was literally not even aware, when I would try to talk to him when he was experiencing night terrors. And it was pretty traumatic, but he was not grounded. He was not in the present moment. He was literally in whatever that terror was in his mind. He would dream and then wake up, and it it was terrifying. And as I've gone to college and have been more educated on these things, I have um found found out that basically you're not grounded when you're having those those thoughts, those flashbacks, those experiences and that's why it's so beneficial um for those who suffer from PTSD is to be present in the moment, to be grounded, to be aware of the surroundings. What is the smell? What is the sound? How how are they feeling as far as physically in their body? Where can they pinpoint the stress? Like I mentioned earlier, is that in the neck? Is it in the shoulders, in the back, in the stomach? And so it seems so simplistic, but mindfulness has really been such a beneficial form of therapy And it's something that we can all utilize anywhere at any time. And that's why I love it. Another practical way to reduce anxiety is one that you're probably not going to be a big fan of, but a reduction of caffeine. If you're like me, you like your cup of coffee every morning. For me, I limit it to one. And um, if you're one that likes a whole pot and you're experiencing nervousness and anxiety and overwhelm, I highly recommend that you decrease your caffeine and possibly eliminate it depending on how severe your symptoms of anxiety is. See, what caffeine does is it causes your heart to race, therefore imitating symptoms of anxiety and We all know that that's not beneficial, too much caffeine, and some of you may not realize that it's contributing to what you're already anxious about. So for me, probably the biggest thing would be body movement in my personal practices. I have had a back injury that has limited my body movement. Um, forms of exercise that I really have loved to do in the past have not been feasible at this point. And so literally going for two to three miles of walking a day has helped me tremendously. I feel like at some point if I am feeling overwhelmed or maybe sometimes you just wake up and you can just feel that the mood's not right. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep It could be just something so practical as sleep or maybe subconsciously there's things weighing on your mind. And I know for me that can be the case. I literally make myself go on these walks and it's beneficial for even my dogs. One in particular, he had high anxiety. He still gets anxious, but... He has gone through seven different homes before we got him at a young age, before even one, and because his anxiety got the best of him. And animals can be similar to us humans, believe it or not, and experience some of the same emotions that we experience. And I know that body movement makes a huge difference in his anxiety, We were able to take him off his medications that he was on when we got him and just give him natural supplements as needed, but body movement for him and myself has been a huge benefit to reducing anxiety. So yes, I make myself walk. I don't know. I don't even want to say make. There are times I don't feel like walking that I do make myself, but it's become such a habit and a routine that... I absolutely look forward to and love my walks every day. I get fresh air, I get my my vitamins outside, vitamin D, and I'm able to just enjoy my surroundings. Sometimes it might be some music softly in my ear as I'm walking. Other times maybe I just want to walk and pray or walk and just have mindful meditation and focus on what's going on in my surroundings not not my thoughts going to all the things that I'm dreading to do not that i'm just enjoying the moment enjoying the scenery the atmosphere when the weather's nice and cool like it is right now here in florida i'm just being able to enjoy that and feel that in my body as i walk so I really hope that this episode is one that resonates with you as what I'm discussing in all of my episodes at some point have been things that are near and dear to my heart. And so I just wanna be able to pour out and help other people manage some of the challenges that life brings our way. And I feel like today's episode may have done that for you too. So tune in for the next episode that will be in two weeks. And um, I hope to have you come back and listen. Thank you to my supporters.